0: You're about to enjoy a free episode of The Dull Crayons. To support the show and earn cool rewards, stop by our Patreon page at patreon.com slash When we hit 25 supporters, we will release the second set of Llama Llama Red Pajama Freestyles by yours truly and BX Tony, and you know you want to hear those. You can also support us by throwing us some star magic and writing a review on iTunes. And as always, stay dull, carry snacks.
1: Good morning boys and girls. Today we'll be learning all about
0: doll crayons. With the dull crans, I'm your loyal dullard, Gabriel Zuger, at the bunker, live in Colorado, uh, from an undisclosed location, recording once again with famed mother of the pod and uh, regular, regular co-host, regular podcast host at this point, Ellen. Ellen, how you doing?
1: I'm doing great.
0: Well, I'm glad you're doing well because this one is going to be uh, quick and dirty. As uh, there's there's trivia night on uh, in a nearby bunker. Uh, which myself and uh, fellow co-host David have to get to in uh just about an hour, so uh hope you are prepared for um, a fast one. I'm we ready. have a lot to get to um and and we got we gotta stay on the ball here. so we're gonna get started right off the top with uh shout outs. These are patreon subscriber. Shoutouts! Um, once again, if you would like to be shouted out here on the pod, you can always do that by uh, subscribing. And I believe we've we've changed the tier model, uh, though it may not be reflected at patreon.com/delcrans. But if you subscribe for any dollar amount right now, you will receive an on-air shoutout. So so far, we have uh, four subscribers to shout out. Um, that would be one uh Poot Mendez. Um, another is Arch Z. Uh, we also have an E Stoller and a Dave Zug. Uh, so those are those are the four getting shout-outs today. Shout outs to you guys. Thank you for keeping the Dullcrans dull. Thank you for keeping us ad-free. Thank you for supporting us. And if you haven't already, as I said, go to patreon.com slash for more Dull cran humor, as well as posts you won't get anywhere else. Um, you can subscribe there. You can also uh, write us a review on iTunes. Give us a five-star review right now. If you're listening right now, do yourself a favor. Do us a favor. Pause the podcast. Give us a five-star review. And then forward us to your kindergarten teacher or whatever teacher you might still be in contact with. If you work at a school, forward us to your entire staff. I mean, what's the worst that could happen? <laughs> could could you get fired because I say cunt every other episode? I mean, maybe. It's possible. It's possible. But I don't think you wanna uh, I don't think you wanna, w- you think you wanna work with. there. I don't think you wanna work there if uh you're gonna get fired for liking cool things. Um yeah, teachers you have lunch with, exactly. We're we're about the cool table at schools. Yes. I mean, we're definitely about exclusion here. We're definitely about hierarchies and popularity and bullying Heathers. so you know we we want the cool teachers to be in the know and to be supporting us you know we also want the nerd teachers out there but we understand if you're a little bit afraid of administration you know administration retaliation these things rhyme and we know that they must be connected if they rhyme so you know take care of yourself first and foremost but second all take care of the dull crayons. take care of us here uh, speaking of taking care of yourselves Uh, Ellen, you and I recently went to um, a nearby retail outlet uh, to procure some back-to-school supplies, and whereupon we discovered a list, uh, lists of school supplies requested by the local uh, teaching establishments. Which I actually
1: thought was kind of amazing. It's really cool. That in this retail establishment, the school district... Uh, you know, they, they ask that the lists be there readily available for parents yep. or kids to pull so they know what they're supposed and to do. These
0: and these appear to be printed out for the entire school. So it's not just, you know, Miss Smith's first grade class. It's kindergarten through fifth grade supply lists in every classroom in that school. You know, it's also junior high and high school, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's everything you could need. Um, So we grabbed a few wanting to be in the know about what kids are bringing to school these days, especially what they're being asked to bring to their nearby uh, bunker institution um, here in Colorado. So just for example, um, for Avery Parsons Elementary Kindergarten classroom, uh, students are asked to bring um, a small pack of colored pencils, a box of 20-count crayons, uh, 12 glue sticks, And girls are supposed to bring one box of sandwich-sized Ziploc bags and boys one box of gallon-sized Ziploc bags. What? So I'm going to start by saying 12 glue sticks and uh, colored pencils? Nah. That's shit that the school should be supplying. No, but
1: that's part of the point. It's... What grade was that? <laughs> Kindergarten. All right. Well, so the school, you know schools don't supply enough. I know they don't supply enough. I mean, enough. I saw another list that said a box of tissues and it said optional. Right. I mean, schools you know are not going to give you Kleenex for your totally. classroom.
0: Totally. Well, we're also we're also talking about a state in which more and more districts are going to four-day school weeks because they don't have enough money to do transportation for five days or pay teachers for five days or heat the building for five days. Exactly. Yeah, I I understand that I'm asking for a lot when I say that writing implements, if nothing else fucking writing implements should be provided by the school. I
1: agree, but the part of that list that is upsetting to me... Okay, let's
0: go to the part that's upsetting.
1: ...is the The (laughs) gender-specific plastic bag
0: requests. What? Also, also, I'm gonna I'm gonna note here too. Not only is it gendered specific, and plastic bag, it's branded too. It says Ziploc oh, bags. Oh, it Ziploc. That's like saying Band-Aids. That's mm-hmm. not medical adhesive strip. This is not generic terminology.
1: Well, like Kleenex and Band-Aids, are, you know. But okay, yeah, yeah, Ziploc.
0: But it's Ziploc. There's it other says kinds. Ziploc. There's right. other
1: fucking kinds. In fact, that store probably makes that its store, own brand. That store
0: definitely has its own brand. Right. right? Yeah. Okay. So, okay, so the gendered specific, so what do you make of that? So why do the girls need sandwich size ziplocks, and the boys need gallon size? Are we assuming that the the children are defecating into these bags, and maybe well, they think the boys have bigger bowel movements? Of
1: course, that is something I thought about. Here's what I thought. I thought the teacher is thinking, we need plastic bags, but I don't want like all you know mini snack size or all quart size or all sandwich size and so to make it easy I mean there's other ways to make it easy. Right. If your last name is, you know, A through J, of course. Bring in this size. If you're you know But that... they're
0: probably assuming that their their classroom is more balanced in terms of gender than it is in terms of last names.
1: Well they could look at that and find I am, out.
0: Well, oh. right, but they but they might they might make this list for, for always, right? They made this list in June before they even had the classroom list. Right. Or they
1: made this list fifteen years or ago. Well they made this
0: list fifteen years ago, exactly. Um, all right, so we continue. We're gonna we're gonna look at a few more of these. So uh you mentioned Kleenex. So in first grade it says two large boxes of Kleenex, two large containers, antibacterial wipes, Ugh. two boxes of twenty-four count Crayola crayons, um and then uh, we, we do not have any gendered specifics on this one. But again, now, now we're beyond written materials. Now we're beyond plastic bags. We're even getting into essentially like janitorial cleaning supplies. Well, When we're talking about containers of Clorox wipes, which are gonna be used exclusively to clean the tables between activities and snacks and whatever, like that's really above and beyond bullshit.
1: Well, but I think probably there are they're germphobe parents who really appreciate that that's how, I mean I'd just take a sponge and wipe that stuff down, but. but I think those
0: germphobe parents should should feel safe and secured in the knowledge that they already have i mean again what what is to stop us if we're already asking for Kleenex uh, for Kleenex plastic bags and antimicrobial wipes? What is to stop us from asking for Uh garbage bags. Uh uh, how about that shit that you put on vomit in the cafeteria when a kid pukes? Like (laughs)
1: that's for the kitchen staff. Who's
0: to say that the kids aren't doing their own cleaning up at this point? Maybe we fired all of the maintenance staff and some some classrooms are are asked to bring in hedge clippers because they don't have anybody taking care of the fucking lawn. You
1: know, Gabriel, I worked in a workplace once where Clorox wipes were something that were highly valued were and, and people had their own desks i mean you know like
0: Ugh. all right so i'm gonna i'm gonna move on from this one we're gonna go on to the uh kotopaxi elementary school list okay, okay. so for the kotopaxi elementary school list oh now you're gonna love this so for miss lang's kindergarten we do have the ziploc containers again but this time we have uh One box gallon Ziploc bags from last name A through M. Oh,
1: just like I said. And
0: one box sandwich Ziploc bags last name N through Z. And then for the Clorox, we have one container of Clorox wipes last name A through M. So we don't see N through Z again. So there's some sort of balance, I think, that they're deciding A through M should be... Unfairly charged in this, I I suppose. The the names end in M here. There is nothing else. I don't. Um, I don't know. Uh, But yes, we are we are seeing those again. We're also seeing on all of these, you know, bring water bottles and 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 shit, you know, shit that they can reuse and stuff. Um, but I don't know. Aren't there some real
1: school supplies on there too? All right.
0: There's some real school supplies. I'm going to go to, uh, actually I'm going to go to first grade in Miss Coates' class. So backpack is on there. Okay. All right. That's a good list. Yeah. We're already off to a good start. These are actual child essentials. Backpack. Two plastic pencil boxes. Two bottle of Elmer's glue. Four glue sticks. One package Ticonderoga pencils preferred. Uh, one box twenty-four crayons, one box washable markers, one ruler, three plastic pocket folders, spiral notebook, one pair of pointed scissors. I mean, really, we're not even fucking supplying scissors. I mean, really, I am well, most again, things on I'm, I'm that I'm list exhausted. are just for
1: that individual child to use.
0: I, which is they're
1: not classroom supplies.
0: Which so. is awesome, except for the scissors. Yeah, yeah which no, 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 because if they're all bringing scissors, then that's that child's oh, scissors, right?
1: Yeah. First graders use pointed scissors.
0: Absolutely. Oh, yeah, okay. first graders can use pointed okay. scissors. Yeah, um, I mean, would I rather them use safety scissors? Probably. <laughs> the first yeah. graders I've known in New York, I'd rather them be using safety scissors up into high school.
1: <laughs> I agree.
0: <laughs> I don't want kids at MLK to have pointed scissors ever. In fact, I don't think they're allowed to cut with scissors. <laughs> I think they do the fold and tear model at MLK. Okay. Um, But then at the bottom, we do get to one box of Kleenex, um, which again, I mean, I don't know how many Kleenex they think they fucking need, but like, hey, we're going OD on the Kleenex boxes. It's,
1: it's, I have my own thing about like some of those antibacterial things, but Kleenex I think is a good idea.
0: I'm I'm for me personally I'm I'm just exhausted. Should we go to high school, junior high school and high school?
1: Oh, let's take a look.
0: Let's take a quick look at junior high school and high school. Um most of these just looking at it are again very simple school supplies. I'm not seeing anything that is out of the ordinary. Um Except for in Miss Hines' social studies class, she is, again, asking for one box of Kleenex. I guess kids cry a lot in Miss Hines' class. That's what I've heard <laughs> about that bitch. Um, but other than that, um, everything... Oh, and in Miss uh, Scotia's uh, junior high school English, one container of disinfecting wipes. Um, yeah, she gets sick all the time. So she's, she's the germ-phobe in the building. All right. Um, but yep, that's going to do it for our back to school, okay, well, <laughs> our back to school buying list from the bunker. I think so. I think it's again. I think it's interesting to know what we're asking for these days. I mean, do you remember what what were on some of your school supply lists when you were sending your sons to school?
1: Well, first of all, you didn't get the list till the first day of school.
0: So you didn't come in didn't prepared come on the in, first day,
1: right? You right. got a list. You sent your child with a backpack. It was just known. Backpack is something the teachers can put papers in. Well, what
0: we like to say on the show is that common sense ain't so common anymore. Right, so but
1: I never saw anyone, any child in any school that you went to without a backpack. Uh, of course, in my day, you did not send your kindergarten or first grader or second grader to school with a backpack. Right. Uh, I didn't have a backpack till I was in high school. Right. And in fact, then because I was an art student, I had a tackle box and a backpack. Okay. But that's a whole other story. So usually I'm, I'm actually pencils, fucking surprised,
0: especially given what these kids are bringing to school with all these fucking Kleenex boxes and shit. I'm surprised it doesn't specify a rolly luggage suitcase.
1: <laughs> I see a lot of kids around here biking to school, so there's okay, no maybe that's why. there. Maybe that's, that's why. why. That might be why. But, uh, but in
0: that case, a hiking backpack guess, with, a, with a frame.
1: Exactly. Pencils, maybe markers, spiral notebooks, junior high school was always of some kind of loose leaf thing mm-hmm. uh, high school, I don't think there were any lists. Of- there
0: were no lists. I got nothing but, I no, just like you said, I do not even think I knew what my classes were until the first day of school, like I didn't even get you know any no, kind no. of schedule, let alone a list of what I would fucking need.
1: no, for sure you didn't uh
0: for sure not,
1: but you know, in high school, you don't usually need glue sticks and Wipes, and if you need Kleenex, you carry your own. So,
0: right, right. And I, I also think that in high school, we we are sort of expecting a certain amount of self sufficiency. Right. Correct. Teachers aren't providing pens and pencils and paper at every given opportunity. If you know, obviously, I think if there's a financial need for it, they are. But again, I'm I'm just really focusing on you know these elementary school lists just seeming. I don't know, really fucking bloated. And again, for a state where we're already talking about, you know, cutting back on days in school, cutting back on, you know, extracurriculars to, to just hear that we really don't even have enough. I mean, really, wh- when are we gonna get to the point where it's actually going to say, bring your own chair? Because Miss Coates' class doesn't have chairs because her whole class took their chairs to first grade. Like, when are we going to get uh, to that point? Uh, well, I mean, that's that's libertarianism, isn't it? I guess right? in if, a couple if, of years. If you're bringing all your own shit, you're teaching yourself at that point. What the fuck is the school providing if it's just, you know, a room with no furniture and no supplies okay, okay. and an underpaid teacher right. who could care less?
1: I, I'm sure there are plenty of homeschooled kids here, but <laughs> I'm glad there is a public school district.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, providing whatever minimal uh assistance it is. Alright, rant over. We go now to another sure to be another fun topic. Um which is uh actually private school. Okay. And numbers. We're 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 back onto some numbers. Uh so this is coming from the New York Post, one of our favorite reading sources. And this is the NYC's Private School Headmasters Rake in Huge Salaries by Melissa Klein. This came out July Fourteenth, Two 2018. Now, I have read this list already, and I'm familiar with these numbers. Ellen, of course, is not, so you'll be getting her live reaction on the salaries of New York City's most elite private schools headmasters and what they make.
1: You're going to tell me the school?
0: Oh, we're going to tell you everything, Ma. Don't you worry. Okay. Okay. They are masters of the fat paycheck. This is not that's editorializing. The, that's the article. This okay. is the article. Yeah. This is from New York Post. The headmasters of New York City's t- uh, tonniest private toniest. schools, toniest private schools, are raking in salaries, bonuses, and benefits up to a million dollars—five times what the leaders of the city's best public high schools get annually. Many also get perks like free housing, housekeeping, or reimbursement for gym and country club dues. Top of the list of elite earners include Bruce Dennis, head of school at the Packer Collegiate Institute in Brooklyn, whose total 2016 compensation came to $1,002,643, including a base pay of seven hundred. dollars and a $186,000 payout from his retirement plan, according to the school's latest tax information. Um,
1: And did we pay for his housekeeper, too? Does he have a chauffeur?
0: Unclear what his housekeeping situation is, but uh, we do have other housekeeping situations uh, at our fingertips, um, is that
1: just a high school? Is it ak uh,
0: that K is 12 thats K through a, twelve? That is, a, or... that is a K through twelve. Okay. Uh, who's? How many uh, kids? Enrolls about a thousand students K through twelve. It's not a big school at not all. Not a
1: big school. It's a
0: teeny tiny fucking school. And
1: I never fucking heard of it.
0: Um, and enrollment, uh, sorry, I should say tuition ranges uh, to about forty four thousand dollars a year. Um, close behind Dennis. So
1: it's not one of the more expensive. Public, private schools?
0: I mean, that's a pretty standard number for ranges. the upper echelon. I mean,
1: you're saying there, that there's uh, a sliding fee scale? Or? Well,
0: actually, what the Post reports, uh, I was being generous oh. uh, in my uh, estimation okay. of their writing. They said ranges from 43700 to $44,700. Okay, okay. uh, a range of $1,000 okay. like we give a fuck there's at that no point. There's no
1: real scholarship fund or sliding um, fees. Okay. Close
0: behind Dennis is friend of the show, Tom Kelly, Dr. Tom Kelly, head of school at Horace Mann, whose total 2016 compensation came to just under a million at nine hundred ninety-six thousand, including a base pay of nine hundred fifty-one thousand. Well,
1: he does have a bigger school, doesn't okay. he? So on two he, campuses.
0: So he has a bigger school, and I will say of his compensation because we we did hear that Dennis got a nice uh, a nice payout, a nice retirement payout. I'll say of Tom's compensation, we do know that he has housing provided. He lives on campus in a house provided by the school. Ooh, I bet we that's do a nice know, house. It is. We do know that he has housekeeping and landscaping provided as the, the house, the home, is used often for school events. Right. Um, so, yeah, pretty much... We're talking about your classic money-making-money situation in but which of course, he doesn't right. have to pay for fucking anything, I know, but then when and he, he can retires, probably eat three square meals a day from the fucking you know, five-star cafeteria that they have. But
1: when he retires, he has nowhere to live.
0: I'm sure there's a house in the Kelly family somewhere.
1: Oh, we're not worried?
0: We're really not worried. Um, I mean, we're, we're, we're worried about which house they'll choose to live in after his daughter graduates from Horace Mann and he retires, whether it'll be the you know, St. Bart's house or the Westchester house. But I'm, I'm sure there's a backup plan in there's place. There's a house. OK. Yeah. Um, we're going to read from uh, their their assessment of Dr. Kelly. Uh, The Riverdale, the Bronx School, I don't know why it says this. They can't write for shit at the Post. That's why they laid off like 84% of their staffers, uh, whose graduates include Elliot Spitzer and Jack Kerouac, has been rocked in recent years by revelations of past sexual abuse of students by faculty, prompting Kelly and the school's board chairman in 2013 to issue an apology letter. Kelly received a 14% pay hike over the previous year, tax filings show. He heads the school he heads a school with seventeen hundred students in nursery through twelfth grade. Tuition was forty eight thousand that year.
1: Right. Price of your school.
0: Price of your school and and he's getting a fourteen percent pay hike.
1: But he has to live in the Bronx, is, Gabriel.
0: Oh, he has to live in Riverdale <laughs> in the Bronx, which is not like living in the Bronx at all. Um once again, it's like living in fucking Orange County, California. I know, that was my
1: idea of a joke.
0: I yeah, it it was a joke. It was a joke. Those those at home are definitely laughing at the one. I mean, I you know, again, friend of the show, Tom Kelly. We understand that he part of his pay is he's getting paid to say "I'm sorry" publicly for the next thirty five years of his life for something that was he not, wasn't even there for.
1: He wasn't he wasn't on his watch. Not even on his
0: watch. He was he was hired to clean up the mess. Clean it up. So yeah, I mean, if you're a fixer, if you're Mr. Wolf from Pulp Fiction, you know, you're the Harvey Keitel character, hey, you get paid the big bucks. We we get that. Take totally, that fucking Mia culpa.
1: Totally agreed.
0: Listen, just just grab behind your knees, Tom, and just kiss that ass. Just kiss, you know, just get down. I mean, really. Uh let them let them all hear it so we've got a few others here uh we've got um the uh let's see the all girls school Breerly on the upper east side oh
1: yeah what about that which
0: caroline kennedy attended
1: Mm -hmm. got a
0: four million dollar contribution in 2016-17 as well as a 2.5 million donation and one for 2.1 million according to its tax filings tuition at the k through 12 school which enrolls about 720 students is $49,000. Um, we hear that Jane Foley-Fried pulled down around $800,000 a year in compensation from them.
1: Well, it's a smaller school. But you know what? Wh- why doesn't she deserve more? Is it because it's all girls?
0: Uh, I I really couldn't say. I really couldn't say. I, at the end of the day, and we could we could keep going through this list, but it's they're all going to say the same thing. They're all going to say, here's a school... Wherever it is in New York, whether it's Brooklyn, the Upper East Side, the Bronx, Staten Island, what they're all going to say is, here's a school that attends less than 2,000 students in its entire program.
1: Enrolls.
0: Enrolls, whatever, whatever, however the fuck you want to say it, and whose headmaster is making close to a million dollars and what do principal to compared to make? compared to a principal compared to a high school principal which i think is fair that they want to compare this to a high school principal who i think admittedly in public school is going to be making more than an elementary school principal right. in new york city a, a high school principal who's making a buck 60 max
1: i mean this is just outrageous it's a it's it's now, outrageous now
0: do you want to get further outrageous ellen yeah. for a second so you used to work at a nonprofit, is that correct? Correct. For over twenty years. Oh, uh,
1: thirty-six.
0: Thirty-six years. So that's over twenty years, right? So would it shock you to know that these schools, every single one of the schools I just named, operates as a 5013C or 50 Yeah, five. Yeah, 5013C nonprofit.
1: That is outrageous. And when I think about what I thought were inflated salaries of our CEO, CFO, COO. it's like, damn, their salaries should have been doubled.
0: So these schools, these schools charge parents 50,000 dollars a year for their children to go from ages three to 16, uh, three to 18, sorry. Um, they're, they're, they, the parents are then entitled to make contributions of any sum they want and the school will never pay taxes for it.
1: It's unbelievable. It's ridiculous. It's outrageous.
0: I, I don't even know what to say. I don't know what to say either, I, 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 with the, except for- Except you know, for,
1: that's a job you might want.
0: <laughs> go out, listen, everybody, everybody listening should go out and polish their resume up in order to become a private headmaster. school headmaster.
1: I mean, if you were thinking about being a principal anyway, what the hell?
0: Be a headmaster. What the fucking hell? I mean, and and again, having worked at these institutions and knowing what that job is, that job is as much politics and schmoozing as it is anything regarding education. I mean, right now, I, I would equate any headmaster at a New York City private school with any commissioner in a major American sport like Roger Goodell or... David Stern. I, I would I would equate them to any socialite or politician in DC. it, it is about just kissing asses, shaking hands, and taking down donations. Now, That's all it fucking well, comes I mean, down you, to.
1: And there's all those legacy people and whatever, but I just wanna know in terms of the hierarchy, there's the head master or mistress or whatever. Yes. Who's under that I mean in a public school there's so then there would be then there would be de- then there would
0: be department heads. Oh. So often they, they wouldn't even have, say, a vice head or an assistant okay. head. They would strictly have head of the high school, head of the middle school, head of the lower school, head of the nursery, okay. whatever. Right. Um, so that those are their officers. Those are their uh, you know wartime consigliaries, okay. if you will. Got it. Those are the ones getting their hands a little bit dirty. Now... Again, if if you want to talk about those, we, we mentioned that these headmasters are making upwards, are close to a million dollars each, if not with benefits over a million dollars each. You know, just for being basically a fucking dean, which is what these heads amount to, a head of a specific division at one of these schools, for being a fucking dean, those people are making a quarter of a million dollars. Cool. Mm-hmm. So again, like you said... Get your resumes out there because you really don't even need a PhD to hold one of those jobs.
1: No, no. You do I, need a PhD. I, say... I think you
0: do need a PhD to be a head of school at a at one of these institutions. But but to be a fucking dean? Nah. You're cool. You're cool with a BA and, and A you know, BA?
1: No. You have you're to cool. have a master's degree.
0: You're cool with a BA and some good schmoozing skills.
1: Alright. Well, all you Teachers who listen to the dull Crayons polish up those resumes. Maybe we should start a service. Oh, Make we... People polish up their resumes.
0: Ellen, Al- what do you think this service is? This, oh, okay. This is the service. I mean... Yeah,
1: because there was an episode where you talked about... What to put on your
0: resume? What and- to put on your resume? We've also talked about what to put in your child, or how to how to procure letters for your child for getting into you know the top uh, elementary and preschools in the city. Good info. This is the service. So again, if okay. you're if you're listening out there, if you think there are other people that should be listening, if you have friends that want these jobs or want their kids into these schools, put them onto the podcast. We are spitting wisdom here. Um, so we're going to take a brief intermission. When we come back, we're going to have a very special snack report, um, and more from, uh, the Dull Crayons. Great. <laughs> Back uh, currently I am Gabriel Zuger uh, here recording live in the bunker in an undisclosed Colorado location, joined by mother of the pod and co-host for the day, Ellen, who is taking part in her tasting for today's very special snack report. Now in an earlier snack report, uh, Ellen revealed the winner of the much vaunted snack bracket to be the fig and honey triscuit which of course meant that the runner-up was smart food the heavy favorite going into the contest the smart food white cheddar popcorn so this is once again a very special snack report in that it will be dissecting brand new smart food popcorn iterations Ellen, would you care to read for us the titles of these smart food iterations? Okay,
1: so one is Sweet and Salty Kettle Corn, and the other is Spicy Jalapeno Ranch.
0: Okay, now you have tried from both of these. Which one will you be discussing first?
1: Well, honestly, I'm going to have to take another taste, but I was sure that I was going to love the Sweet and Salty Kettle Corn, but I have to say that the uh, jalapeno ranch, it, it's pretty damn good.
0: What's speaking to you in the jalapeno well, ranch? Let's a- not compare yet, but let's let's talk individual characteristics.
1: Well, let me take one more kernel. Okay, but- another
0: taste. Now, what I will say before, while Ellen is tasting that, is that what, again, impresses me about both of these smart food products, just as it does with its original white cheddar form, is the puffiness in each kernel. And that's smart foods commitment to giving us, you know, what tastes like really air popped corn kernels that are just always so fresh to bite into. They they just they just have this, you know, this enormity about them. There's never any like semi-popped. It's it's just perfect every time.
1: Okay, so what I like about the uh, jalapeno ranch one is it's got a real bite to it. It's got it it a, does. It's got a kick. They get but the it's, spice. It's not overwhelming.
0: No, it's not. It's a good spice without burning your taste buds.
1: Although it does stay in your mouth for a while. Okay. Which may be why when I tried the kettle corn sweetened salty, I, I, it has a subtler flavor. But well, I want to say one thing. Yes, it doesn't have a lot of mess on your fingers, which was my complaint about original cheddar.
0: About white cheddar, yes. Yeah. Sure.
1: So they they cleaned that up somehow, you know.
0: Well, and the only uh, of these two, the only one with any mess is the jalapeno ranch.
1: And there's almost none. And you know, there's almost none. No now with, need for those Clorox wipes
0: now. <laughs> No, you can. If you're in a classroom where they're serving the smart food popcorn, jalapeno ranch, or the uh, kettle corn, hey, you can you can skip out on the antibacterial wipes. Look at you, saving totally. saving three bucks right there. But um, with regards to the kettle corn, no dusting at all because there's sort of a a caramelized glaze around the kernels. Uh, which, again, doesn't leave you with anything. But as you're saying, it's not quite the long finish that the spice has in the jalapeno.
1: I mean, you have to be in a mood, a specific kind of mood. I mean, I think if you really want a lot of flavor, the jalapeno is the way to go. Okay. I, and I really wanted to love the sweet and salty kettle corn because that is kind of my instinct. That's where I would go. Right. Don't love
0: it. Do you feel that there's a, a balance in the sweet and salty, or are you maybe off-put by uh, what you might perceive to be too much sweetness, not enough sweetness?
1: I think there's not enough sweetness.
0: So it's it's actually not.
1: It's not all that salty, and it's not all that sweet.
0: So it's it's sort of just lacking in flavor a little bit altogether. And I'm I mean... surprised actually. And again, this is this is a branch out for smart foods. So you know we're going to expect that they go through some growing pains as they decide to diversify. Which again, I'll go back and say, just like Oreo was mentioned on the podcast with uh, with uh, father of the pod, and and it was said, why why even go there? Why even change what's already working? You know, you're you're according to the according to the freaking package, you're America's favorite popcorn brand. And all you had was one popcorn. Why even decide to change?
1: Well, because there's all those others, you know. I understand. you got to diversify.
0: You want to keep up with the Joneses. You want to diversify. But sometimes, you know, diversifying does come with its, you know, costs. We discussed the other day uh, off air, you know, the ill-fated New Coke or the Crystal Pepsi. You know, (laughs) these things didn't last. They tried to diversify and it didn't work. So you take a risk.
1: Right then you got ben and jerry's
0: who just keep churning them out all willy-nilly and they don't give a fuck what they get right and what they get wrong yeah, and they're not they're listening, listening pretty to their good. customers at all <laughs> yeah i guess you do have ben and jerry's yeah uh, yeah and some of them are pretty good and and then there's some then there's some pint containers that i swear i have seen in the same supermarket since 1996 and no, they have yeah, not moved i,
1: I think that- I think the snack report should move on to ice cream. Okay.
0: Well, we we've definitely had some calls for candy already. Uh, that's the first call we've had for ice cream. I think we can we can definitely get there at some point. Um,
1: but I, I'm surprised. I've definitely by, wanted uh, to
0: do a TV dinner report at some point. You know, ooh. get into the Hungry Man's and the Samsons and the. They still you know, have those. I don't even. They look. still have all that shit.
1: But then there's all the health food ones, too. Oh, the, the Lean gourmet Cuisine ones, ones and, Not the 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 Amy's the and the Annie's. the Amy's.
0: The the Annie's, and all those ladies. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see if we ever get to those. Uh, but we wanted to, uh, coming off that snack report, uh, we wanted to uh, talk about a story that actually, Ellen, you brought to the pod's attention. Care to explain how this came to, came to join us?
1: Well, because I am a... I- a semi-retired mental health professional. I'm on a listserv for something called Niapris, New York State. I don't know what it all stands for. But I, I get information every day about uh mental health issues uh, specifically in the state of New York. And sure. so I sent Gabriel a link.
0: Yeah. So uh, the title of this is New York School New York State School Districts Hurry to Prepare Required Mental Health. Classes, And this comes to us from Politico by Anna Gronwald as of August 20th, 2018. We are recording on August 21st. So this is really, again, hot off the presses. Thank you, Ellen, for bringing this to us. So she writes, Albany, New York students will have mandatory uh, mental health coursework beginning in the new semester, but advocates foresee a rocky first year for the program as hundreds of districts work to create or refine those lessons. A 2016 law that took effect in July requires school districts to include mental wellness and health in health classes, emphasizing, quote, the relation of physical and mental health so as to enhance student understanding, attitudes, and behaviors that promote health, well-being, and human dignity, end quote. The State Education Department's 79-page guidance for what that should mean at a school level was released on June 29th two days before the law took effect. Now, those districts, still in summer modes with teachers gone and more limited staffing, are scrambling to refine existing programs and create new curriculum before school starts. So let's backtrack for a second. So this law actually was written in 2016. It takes effect this year. In fact, it took effect on June 29th, stating that the next academic calendar would have to include for all New York state students some level of mental health training.
1: Does that in- that includes public private and charter schools all, all of it? Yes. Okay. And parochial schools?
0: No. Uh, well, I'm I'm not going to I'm not going to speak to any of those things right okay. now. I'm only going to speak to what the public school demands are okay. for these things. All right. Um and on June 29th, uh, a 79-page guidance as to what that would mean at the school level, was sent out to, I'm assuming, principals and administrators of these schools who now have to prepare for the fall.
1: Right. And also, I'm guessing, and from my read of the article, there are people working on various curriculums mm-hmm. that will be templates or suggested. Right, or, right. Uh, but my guess is schools will have to... Adapt them.
0: Right. And, and I think that's what they were saying at the beginning of the article with some people foreseeing the first year being really a rough trial. And uh, my personal uh, opinion of this, my, my personal critique would be this is once again um, the, the public school system uh, getting a big thing right and executing it wrong. Right, well, but in so that, let's in that we we absolutely need this thing to be the case, and it's so huge that New York State is taking this step in the right direction in addressing mental health, right? In in uh, both taking both taking away the stigmas around mental health and and asserting its needs in all facets of human life, but then to to sort of sneak it in under the wire. When nobody's around because everybody's on their fucking vacations as of June 29th and say, oh, now is when we have to actually write these lesson plans is, you know, really shitty.
1: Well, no, but I I guess there's a lot of leeway in terms of how you how you do this. I mean, I I did in the article, it does say that in high schools, they're going to do it in health classes, which worries me the most. But in elementary and middle school, I think there are so many ways to address feelings, emotions, uh, potential mental health problems.
0: So let's let's since you since you're addressing further into the article, let's get to those paragraphs specifically and okay. then we can talk about that. The state's guidelines are largely based on programs already in existence at Shenandoah Central School District, said Becky Carmen the district's director of policy and community development and chair of its mental health committee. So as you said, many of these programs are going to be based on what they're doing already at Shenandoah, which has a proven track record in this, but then they're going to be tweaked. The district had its own mental health curriculum for a couple of years before the state mandate, prompted by growing suicide rates and a concern that many students lacked connections where they felt safe, Carmen said. At least one in five students ages 13 to 18 experience some form of serious mental disorder, according to the National Alliance on Mental Illness and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention says, quote, focusing on establishing healthy behaviors during childhood is more effective than trying to change unhealthy behaviors during adulthood.
1: I think that all of those things have to be addressed because I I totally agree that early education on expressing your feelings talking about things finding adults that are safe to talk to all that's really important but there are certain mental disorders that get triggered kind of by puberty and other stressors which I in think life. is absolutely
0: why they said 13 to 18 specifically
1: right right so I mean there there has to be a lot of nuance in this but I think there's nothing wrong with with just talking about this. Well, what,
0: and, and what I'm hearing them say, I think that's absolutely accurate. And I think that's a, in large part what they're talking about. Right. Uh, what I heard in, in the article is that uh, the school district of Shenandoah noticed that, you know, hey, across the country and across the board, we have higher suicide rates, higher rates of depression, and mental illness. And so far, we're actually not doing anything except for throwing pills at these problems after it's too late. Well, and the pills are part of the problem. And the pills are part of the problem. So let's try and do something first. So they created a program, a pilot program which then the rest of the state caught on and said, hey, that's a great program. Let's try and do something like that for everybody, which again, I'm going to, you know, golf claps all around. Kudos to New York State for stepping up and saying, yes, actually, this is a major fucking issue in our country right now. And as you said, especially in specific age groups, right? right? And and I'm sure we could also note specific populations too, you know, that are affected by these things. But really it is going to be, everybody on on every level um, that that are at jeopardy for this, that are at risk for this. And Now, you said there are going to be things that show up in puberty. There are also going to be things that show up because they're you know perhaps inherited traits, right? There's all kinds of things, but I just actually things.
1: had an idea. Okay, go for it. Because there's also a national program um, called Mental Health First Aid. Every single state in the United States has a Mental Health First Aid program. Those are... Those are trainings for adults about signs and symptoms of mental health disorders. Um, Bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, addictions, depression. uh, There's a part on suicide. They're they're eight-hour courses. And I'm thinking now, in New York State specifically, since there's an initiative to have children involved we want to involve their parents simultaneously absolutely so parents associations should be engaging people and they exist who who would be volunteers to do mental health first aid training for parents because silence is one of the biggest uh, problems around suicide attempts suicide and any mental health issue
0: right Um, And and fear of getting help and and a big thing that you're pointing out, and that's that's always been the case, and we we always want to harp back to this when we're talking about schooling and education, is parent participation, right? right. And and in getting community involvement. Um and when I have worked with social emotional programs in schools, you know, one of the first things that they do as of, you know, October or November is bring the parents in and say, look. Here's the stuff that your kids are already doing as far as these social-emotional curriculums are going. Here's how you can use it at home, or here's how you can respond when they're talking to you about this stuff, right? And, you know, also please keep us in the loop about any of these conversations that are going on at home.
1: But what you're saying is so interesting because as a parent myself and being involved in your education, I was a very active parents' association Member in elementary school, but in junior high school and high school, where in fact, actually, there's more crap that goes there's on. There's more issues. And there's Far more, more issues and there's more shit to be aware of. People are not involved in so this. So let's
0: get to this. So you said, so I think we've addressed that, you know, again, my background is in elementary school education and I have worked with social emotional curriculums before. So my, my gut is saying, this is all great. And now later on in the article, they do mention that some teachers, especially in K through five or some districts have a fear that they don't know where this stuff is going to be implemented and they don't know how they're going to work this into their school day. And for them, I would say, wake the fuck up. You work it in however the fuck you can. I don't care if you have to miss reading twice a week. You work the social emotional curriculum in then because if we're not starting at a place of social-emotional well-being and mental health, then who cares how fucking well they can read when they're 19 and they're shooting up a movie theater? I don't. Right, I don't give right, a shit no. how well they read Mein Kampf. They didn't understand it because they didn't have the social-emotional context I've, that they uh, needed at the age there, of five. Wait,
1: there's also the, if you see something, say something. So if I'm worried about my friend right. in fourth grade, right. I should say something. Yeah,
0: absolutely. But so, again, my point here is that I, I, I sort of want to blow past the elementary school stuff because those teachers, I have full faith, are either going to find a way to they're make gonna it work. They're going to do it. Or they're going to get the fuck out of the way and let somebody else no, make it No,
1: they're going to do it. But you
0: brought up a concern already about high school and maybe even junior high school about this being taught in health class, which, as we already know, is comically... The least engaging class, I think you know, even surpassing gym as far I mean, I, as its actual. This is like, making me aptitude. so
1: upset now that I think about Please. it. Because honestly, in middle school and in high school, it could be brought up in literature classes, art classes, history classes. There are just a lot of, you know, sort of societal and historical examples of. Where I, I don't know. I mean, like How all I'm those saying, dead
0: writers that we're reading in English class okay, that but, killed themselves okay, or went into people. bunkers and started cults. Yeah, or, the, all of that. Know, all yeah, of yeah that exactly. Because I'm too
1: overwhelmed to even think about it. Certainly,
0: there's that stuff. Um, but also, it's just it's just a matter too to me of of health class again already being a place where children are tuning out, out. Where tuned out. health class is either a class that you give to a PE teacher who doesn't necessarily want to teach it or have the competence to teach it, um, or it's it's a teacher who's, like, a part-timer there. I mean, it's really... But, you know, even
1: in middle school, you can get into a whole... Well, there's a kindness thing that you can do, but there's also a self-care thing you can do. And you can talk about sort of taking care of yourself, having hobbies, having outside interests, having friends. I mean, there are... There are many directions you can go in, Uh, and I mean, really, I mean, I am a licensed creative arts therapist, so, you know, interest in, in various arts and sports and other outlets that kids have, these need to be reframed in terms of, yeah, I'm not just signing up for this team because my family wants me to, but... This is like good for my body and what's good for my body is good for my, my mind and vice versa.
0: So we I'm, I'm going to be really remiss if I don't bring up my own health education uh, anecdotes okay. from high school, um, which include my health teacher um, explaining his own uh, forays into the dark world of okay. cocaine and drug abuse and he in, talked about that. And in one class, taught us how to um, how to keep a gram of cocaine in a dollar bill. You, Are you, you serious? Fold the dollar bill like fucking origami in order to stash Did your gram you, like, of cocaine. Did you like roll
1: joints in class?
0: No, we didn't. Um, so there was that element of his lecturing. Uh, and I also he was also famously paranoid. This was um, when I took health. It was two thousand three so in new york city so this was on the heels of 911 he was famously paranoid about you know further spectacular you know al qaeda attacks um and had my first experience with a go bag ah. and one day uh in class he heard i perhaps he saw it on his computer i don't know but he heard about um a group of people Uh, attempting to climb up the Brooklyn Bridge, Hmm. which he took to be a new terrorist attack, Mm -hmm. and middle of class picked up his go bag and said, like, peace out, kids. Like, I hope I see you tomorrow. Really? Really. I'm not making this up. This was in a New York (laughs) City public high school. He left us for the remainder of class, and he left the building.
1: That's amazing. I know
0: he was gone. Um, but I would be remiss without mentioning, you know, again, his complete ineptitude at, at, you know, speaking to any of these topics, right? He would not have been able to touch on these. He could barely understand the concepts of the LGBTQ First of community. All,
1: he was also way out of line, way inappropriate, and had his own mental health issues.
0: At, clearly had his own mental health issues. But I, I bring that up in order to say that... Um, simply having the textbook, now I'm not your typical public school student necessarily, but simply having uh, my health textbook and being the autodidact that I am, I was able to, in the midst of his totally deranged ramblings during his lectures, uh, actually self-diagnose myself, uh, self-diagnose myself, that was a really good one, Gabriel. Um, As suffering from depression and actually an eating disorder in high school. And again, I want to point out the statistic that they said, which is at least one in five, at least one in five students ages 13 to 18 experience some form of serious mental disorder. We're not just talking about, you know, like
1: a little bit blue, a little,
0: a little bit OCD a little bit blue, right, has a hard time when it rains. Well, I mean, just... And I was one of these students who was suffering from something real that, you know, didn't have an outlet to talk about it, didn't know, you know, wasn't given any kind of opportunity, any framework, really have any kind of training whatsoever and had to teach myself that I even had a problem to discuss.
1: Well, you're ignoring the fact that Parents were involved, but your school was remiss, I must say.
0: <sighs> yeah, parents were involved after, after, yes, yes. Uh,
1: you know what? I was just thinking that for high school, I think they should have consultants do the mental health curriculum, and there are some
0: good ones out there. I mean, it's available. And this- like,
1: I, I don't want that health teacher, right? you know, getting his hands on it
0: absolutely not and 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 again i bring up my thing because this was before we had the current spike in suicide rates and in you know serious mental disorders in children before we had the spike in school shootings that we've seen you know popping up all around the country all year round and every time they do all we're talking about is mental health Right, but not because doing we're anything. not because we're not allowed to talk about gun control. But right. then we're not actually doing anything. So again, this goes back for me to the fact that New York State even wants to say something, even wants to, like you said, see something. They New York State saw something and said something, and they said we're gonna fucking do something about it, even though they're going about it maybe in the not best way. I'm so fucking encouraged as you know a a sufferer of you know mental illness and and the works that they want to finally tackle this stigma. I, I agree. They're jump
1: they're jumping into seed and they'll figure out how to make it work better. Yeah. I mean, I could go on because New York State also has gun restrictions and all kinds of other stuff, but you know what? I think this is another show.
0: Well, I think I think that's another show too, but I think I think you make a good point that I'm I'm happy to back you up in which is that New York State has been a pioneer for other states um, in in their pilot programs, right? They they started one of the first pre-K for all programs, which we've seen arise universal in pre-K. around the country and right. universal pre-K um, and, you know, other, other things of a similar nature. Because, again, New York State, for whatever reason, doesn't seem to have the hang-ups or, you know, wants to get out in front of things in a way and and good for them for taking those risks look again when we're talking about mental health we're also talking about taking risks a lot aren't we and when we're talking about about children and emotional security we're talking about building up resiliency taking risks being challenging when we're talking about smart food popcorn we're talking about being challenging taking risks diversify your bonds absolutely so you know what we can hope for is is more change in the future and for them to come away from this better it may be a rough year for them as some of these district leaders are predicting but no no i mean i think they'll reach out there
1: are a lot of people for them to reach out to and there are a lot of people to reach into the schools uh like in new york the city department of health and mental hygiene and others to lend a hand
0: so we hope that they do and and we of course, as we said we are here at the Dollcrans more than anything else a public service. So we do hope that uh, districts and and cities in New York State reach out to us and and want to talk to us about mental health awareness and, and mental health don't first forget aid.
1: Our email
0: address don't don't forget to write in at dullcrans at gmail. com uh, to write us a review on iTunes and SoundCloud and Stitcher uh you know we had a real we had a real big bump in listenership during the 50 ways to bore your preschooler episode um so that was
1: a great episode it was a
0: great episode and i know a lot of pre-k teachers a lot of preschool teachers are listening to that one and and building their libraries right now as we speak based around the assessments of myself and dazzling diana show favorite um and so, yeah, definitely send, send us along to your friends. Send us along to your colleagues. Play us at the cool table at the cafeteria. You know, all that shit and more. And the
1: nerd table.
0: And the nerd table. And the
1: artsy table or whatever that's called.
0: All those tables. Play us, play us for your school psychologist. And We're not um,
1: really mean girls.
0: Not really. We're very inclusive here. Um, And we hope you will join us again. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Ellen, how's it been? It's
1: been terrific.
0: It's been terrific. Again, as we said, this was going to be a quick and dirty one. We hope you've enjoyed the last hour. Please subscribe to us. Please find us on patreon.com slash dullcrans. And please join us again. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. The Dull Crayons is a free and independent podcast supported by listeners like you. To show us support and keep us free, stop by our Patreon page at patreon.com slash and write in to us at dullcrayons at gmail.com. Along with our hosts for this episode, we'd like to thank Jesse Katz and Gwen Gallitzer for the theme music and Colin Matthews for the logo.